Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. The following content is not suitable for children. Okay. Following up last time. I'm too sexy for my shirt, <laughs> right? We're trying to talk and help. How do we feel sexy about ourselves and send out that positive, sexy vibe to our partner? Today, Lori, I was hoping you could help me out. How <laughs> can I see my partner as being too sexy? Right? How do we start to I think, kind of put I think our listenership, I think our listenership uh, just went up. Could you sing it again? And then we'll like... Double our listenership. Hey, listen, not only I'm too sexy, but you're too sexy for your shirt. I mean, hey, both people are feeling that way. No wonder why they can have great sex. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Just as we begin, please remember to check out Uberlube. Uberlube.com is where you can get this great lubricant and help support Foreplay Radio. So we talked about how we could do this with ourselves and start bringing in love and kind of some positive emotion, attaching that to these places of criticism and really opening up more space. And today we're going to try to talk about how do we do that for our partner? How do we see them and not just see the things we don't like, but to really celebrate these parts of them that turn them into these sexy beasts that we can't Mm -hmm. stay away from. (laughs) Sexy beasts. I have a, a patient who is falling in love with this guy. And she's telling me all about it, you know, how sexy he is, how great and bad he is. And to me, this incredible long list of improbable parts to him that I think, are you not seeing all that? You know, like this guy is not partnership material. He's, you're looking for a partner. He not it. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, there's just this, these things that she completely brushes over. Yeah, he's got, you know, little children and I'm ready to sort of travel the world now and, you know, all this stuff. And I just listen and I'm incredulous that her focus and what she can see is only the sexy parts, right? Only the parts that he's such a great, intense listener. He really, really gets me. And I'm thinking, yeah, and there's going to be this bitter divorce. This is his second wife. The first wife was a lunatic. You know, it's like, you know, he has adult children. Now he has young children. You know, just all this stuff. And what does she focus on? Just, you know, he sees me. And then I'll listen to some of the things that she says he says about her. And I'm just shaking my head, right? This is so not it. But she can't see anything but the good. And I think... This is what is so great about falling in love, right? When we're falling in love, we just have rose-colored glasses, and we see the beautiful parts of our partner, and we screen out anything that might be a red flag or a warning. We kind of hear it. In fact, I tell, I ask people after the fact, like, well, you know, when you look back on dating, did you see any of this present? And they're like, well, yeah, I, I did, but I brushed over it. And actually... 
to me, that's kind of the secret of keeping your focus on the sexy in your partner forever is how can we brush over some of the irritants? I class things one to 10. Eight, nine, and 10 are important issues, but one through seven, you know, it just doesn't mean a hill of beans. I mean, you could argue about all of that, and most people do. I mean, they spend tons of time arguing about stuff that really doesn't matter or letting it irk them or bother them. But if they were dating that person, they wouldn't even see it. I so appreciate, Lori, what you're saying about being intentional and what you choose to focus on. John Gottman talks about 70% of the issues couples fight over will never be resolved in the history of their relationship. One person's late, one's early, one's neat, one's sloppy. These issues probably aren't going to change. How much do you want to focus on these issues that are not going to change? Mm -hmm. And I love this isn't just a state, a honeymoon period. Yes, it's helpful when your brain is high on the love cocktail of oxytocin and dopamine, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's easier to focus on the things you like and let those other things pass. But that intentionality, how do you build that into your relationship for the long haul that says what I focus on is really going to determine how turned on I get. If I'm going to focus on the parts of my partner I don't like, I'm going to get turned off. If I make that choice to focus on the parts I do like, my brain goes down a different pathway. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, when we are in a long-term relationship, we see our partner in so many familiar circumstances you know, things that remind us of our family. We, we literally know their family and they know our family and we're doing family things and we see them vomit. We see them on the toilet. We see them in dirty clothes and dirty hair. And I mean, just things that it's like, ah, you know, are not that sexy that are so familiar, but secure attachment. And this is, I think some of our goal is how do we get securely attached to our partner really resolves that. We're able to do both things. We're able to say, yeah, you were in dirty clothes five minutes ago, sweaty from the gym and looked like crap. And, you know, now you're looking good and you're hot and I can see the sexy vibe again. But we focus on the sexy vibe because we're going out that evening and we're looking forward to it. And that's where we put our energy. Mm -hmm. And so we resolve kind of what is more familiar, the, the hormadonna split, right? The the woman who's matronly and mothering of the children, but also the sexy woman partner, the party girl. And I mean, we have to kind of resolve it inside ourselves too, because we take on these roles of suddenly we are the mom and the dad and all that comes with that knowledge of being in those roles reminds us of our parents who we didn't see as sexy. And then we separate out from that role into the bedroom. You know, we too, like personally, have to resolve that we are both parts, mm-hmm. that we are kind of mundane in some ways and taking care of business and then give ourselves permission to enter the bedroom with joy and abandon and be that sexual part. And we have to see our partner doing that. I like that you're highlighting the importance of the outside the bedroom. We have way too much focus on the mechanics of what's happening inside. And this is starting way before that. When you're taking that shower, that little encounter, that little joke, that little eye contact, the wink of the eye, that smile, and these things are incredibly important to starting those engines, right? And both people have to play their parts. How do I intentionally focus on my own sexiness and, and make some space for that to come out? And how am I also looking to my partner to see things that they're doing, 
that it, even if the physical's not there, I, I remember a lady saying, it's a little hard to come on, you know, get turned on. First thing, he walks into the room, he farts, then he kind of <laughs> takes out a beard, he sits down and puts the TV on. It's like, what do you find attractive in that whole process, <laughs> right? And it's so easy to get your, your attention in a different direction. But I, I love this intentionality of focus. Like, we got to find something or we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If we allow our brain to just, and there might be some behaviors that need to change. We're not saying that's not sure, important. Sure, absolutely, right? absolutely. I think I had a, my own therapist point out that even though in some ways I came out of a childhood insecurely attached and anxious, for whatever reason, this pathway, sex, I was able to feel security. And it's it's been a joy of my life, like to feel it that way. But And I, you know... My husband drives me absolutely crazy half the time. I I hate parts about him, but I I have always been really really attracted to him, and you know he's been at different weights and all kinds of things. And I I have just always seen kind of an essence in him that I find myself so drawn to him sexually, and I know that that is you know maybe I've just had a blessing that I do that unconsciously, but I focus on. This part that feels so sexy to me, you know, his, the hair on his arms, it just is like this texture is just unbelievable to me. And it's so sexy. And it's that kind of focus that, you know, yeah, he was a Our jerk five minutes ago. Our listeners can't see this right now. We get a chance to look at each other, but, you know, Lori's eyes are closed and she's going off somewhere and she's talking about these like, hair, hairs on his arms. So. <laughs> It's no, nice it's, to see how alive your body feels. Yeah, and that's the beauty of connection. It's not only that moment. We carry that moment forward. That's what secure attachment is. Mm-hmm. Right? We carry that felt sense. It makes us, we can retouch it whenever we want. We could be 2,000 miles away and you can just think about your husband and boom, your body gets the comfort all over again. That's right. That's right. And it, I mean, it isn't that I don't see him in all those other aspects and that he doesn't drive me crazy. It's for me, I have that second conversation in my head, you know, but he's so hot and, you know, and he knows my body and he wants, you know, we're going to be happy when we do this. This is going to connect us. We don't always have hot sex. A lot of times we just have ordinary sex, you know, we just do it because it feels good. But afterwards, I mean, I think there's this laughter and there's this joy that carries us on. I, 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 I listen to people and I, I remind my husband, I'm like, you know, so many people are talking about, I can't do it with my partner because they irritate the heck out of me or, or they don't connect with me. And, you know, and only when they connect with me, am I going to have sex with them? Whereas I think we've both found that sex is this path of connection. So anyway, let's come back and talk a little bit more, less about me, <laughs> more about how no, we, we want to hear, have that. We want to hear more about Lori. <laughs> We got a lot more to cover here. (laughs) Okay. We'll come back and talk about how we can project on our partner the things that make us fall in love again and make us feel sexy about them. We really want you to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It's a great lubricant. It's the one that I've been recommending for years, and I recommend it because it is a great glide. It has no taste. It has no smell, and so you can use it throughout your lovemaking experience. That would be an awesome feel for you to try this if you haven't already tried it. It's also made from basically silicone, and what's good about silicone, I don't know if I've said this before, but it doesn't get easily absorbed into the body. 
So some lubricants get gummy and actually create a drag and that is a not good feeling. But this one stays on the surface of the skin. It's not absorbed. So it's always gliding. And that is great for touching, great for sexual intercourse. Okay, so try uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. We appreciate our sponsors. And they are also sending out free packages to the first 20 patrons who come and sponsor us on Foreplay Radio. Hey, patrons. Lori is offering a Facebook Live on Friday night, July 10th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Sign up today. George, you've got this whole new website with training materials and stuff. Tell me about it. It's called Success in vulnerability.com similar to what we've been talking about in the podcast i'm really trying to train therapists on how to keep their focus in session and to if you're going to invite couples and clients and families to risk doing vulnerability then it's really critical that they have success when they do it the reason why people don't do vulnerability is it doesn't work out so well for them when they do so we really want to empower therapists to to know what to do in these critical moments to kind of usher in the transformation that could happen when people go to these vulnerable spots. So therapists who listen to us can go ahead and check it out and you'll be doing trainings and all sorts of things and you have a team of people. It's successinvulnerability.com. I'm excited about it. I get to learn a bunch more from George. I'm looking forward to it and I appreciate any feedback and support. All right, Laurie, so we're hearing a little bit more about your sex life, always interesting. And I mean, I think you are blessed. I think when you find yourself attracted to your partner, even though you're doing a lot of things right to earn that, right? What you're focusing on, what you're doing, and there's a lot of lessons to learn from that. I guess I'm curious, how do we help our listeners that don't have that, right? How, if they see their partner and their brain goes to the places they don't like, right? What is some practical things we can get them to do? Last time we talked about practical things you could do for yourself to refocus, bring that positive in. How do we do that with our partner to really see them as the sexy beasts they are? You know, art is often so good because it reanimates something that's ordinary, right? We, we look at a table arrangement of bananas and oranges or something in, in a piece of art, and it's so incredible. And it's, the reason it's incredible is because we see something that is ordinary in a new way. Mm. And I think it's that purposing and intention. You know, what if we see our partner in a new way? It's hard to do because I, th- I think we become afraid that, well, if I see my partner as sexy and see them as this romantic figure, I'm going to be a fool because they're going to go right back to driving me crazy. And I put myself at risk when I take that leap to go ahead and see them and reanimate them that way as a sexual being and creature. Mm. It's really a vulnerable part of our heart to go ahead and do that. It's almost like, I really think it's kind of psychotic because we know our, our partner more than anybody in the world. We see their flaws. And they see ours, of course, but we see theirs. And so it, it just does feel like Am I going to put my body and my my vulnerable experience of orgasm in this person's hands? You know, am I going to surrender to them when they could torture me <laughs> tomorrow with their flaws and 
the ways they don't get me. I mean, I think it's part of the way we do this is we have to take a huge risk that, yeah. I'm going to push it a little bit here. Okay. Because I love that line. How do you turn, see the ordinary in a new way? Right, because that is so critical to keeping a focus and having actually more control over a positive sex life. Mm-hmm. Right, so I want you to take that example. Mm-hmm. You're talking to a wife who sees her farting, beer drinking, TV husband sitting in that reclining chair. Mm. And how does she do that? How does she see that ordinary in a new way? I think some of it is. What de Bouton says, he's a philosopher who's fantastic. Did you get that? I sent you something on him. Anyway. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> it's anyway. on my growing stack of Lori's books soon to get. To no, this was my, a video, George, and you like videos. I do. <laughs> okay. I sent it to you over Facebook. But, you know, he talks about basically uh, in a TED Talk on sex, he says, you know, we, we need to turn our lover into a lovable idiot. You know, the same way that we have mercy on our children, they do something bad and we're like, well, you know, they're growing, they're learning how to act and behave correctly. And we kind of, our love for them overrides our anger. Even if we do discipline them or Mm -hmm. uh, restructure things, you know, we have love for them and we, we know that they're growing. And so I think part of it is you look at your partner and you go, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to jump into bed with him this second, but, you know, he deserves a break. You know, he's worked really hard all day. He needs to relax and sit down and have that beer and do whatever and let go. Hopefully in a couple hours he'll be more present and able to be with me, and then we can sex it up. You know, so maybe it isn't in that moment, but I think it's looking at him as my lovable idiot. You know, he's, he deserves this for right now. And there are other times, right, that he's more present, tuned into me, looks good, you know, maybe drinking wine with me instead of drinking a beer by himself watching the game. Well, you know, sometimes he needs that. I think it's, that's the familiar and the erotic integrated into one mind. It's like sometimes, yeah, our partner needs their independence, their autonomy. They, they can't be present with us, and they do need their own time and some sort of mercy for that, and not only just acceptance, but... This is what's best for them right now, that love, extending it to them. I think that's how we do it. I really enjoy what you're saying because we don't have to get this stuff right all the time. We're probably going to miss the mark more often than we hit it. But what you're building it is, is what the best do at any field, right? It's deliberate practice. You're saying to yourself, I have to focus on more of the positive if I want to have a good connection and good sex, mm-hmm. right? So in this moment, I see my husband. There's not a lot positive that it's bringing out on me. But if I'm intentional and I can say, hey, you know what? He's worked hard. And look, he's really good at relaxing. He knows how to take space that he needs, right? He's not worried about everyone else. He can kind of just be who he needs to be now. Like there's something about what he's doing that I can focus on positively. That shifts my body's response to that moment. Right. Like, thank God he farted now instead of when he was in bed with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he got it all out now. Hey, listen, and if there's some things you can't get around and put a positive frame around, that's okay too. There are some things that, you know, you could keep to yourself. <laughs> My poor husband, when we were dating, I think he was sick to his stomach and we had to drive all the way to the church and he nearly exploded trying to keep it all in. 
<laughs> We've always laughed about that. He's like, you know, my gallbladder is going to explode <laughs> if I keep it in. Anyway, it's funny. I think that's yeah. how I get over it, right? There's there's a funny part to be human. Well, it human. gives you more space. I mean, look at what we're doing here. We're having I, that image of the lovable idiot. It's easier mm -hmm. to laugh with the lovable idiot mm -hmm. instead of feeling contemptuous about this person who has no respect and doesn't think about you. And it just leads us down that rabbit hole of just negativity and distance, mm -hmm. right? So again, I want to highlight to our listeners this this. I don't care if you're a golfer or you're, or you're a professor, whatever the profession is, people who are deliberate, that keep trying to get better, that keep improving, keep thinking, you know, that, that is what sets us up for success, focusing on the things you can control. Yes, you can focus on what you don't like in that chair, what you see, or you can make a deliberate choice to try to find something you do. And whichever direction you go is going to heavily influence how turned on or turned off you are. Yeah. One last point I think is gratitude. You know, this person wants to open their body to us. I mean, that is so vulnerable. And it's not just physical, but it's psychological, right? When they're opening their, their body to us, that they are becoming vulnerable in their mind and body in both ways to tell us what what they want to do in bed, that is just, you know, it's such a special place that they are letting us into. So I, I guess I think about it as having gratitude that we're with somebody. During COVID, right, there were so many people that were single that didn't have partnerships that would have given anything to have a lovable idiot with them mm. that is a sex partner. I think when we're married or when we're in partnered, you know, we, yeah, sometimes it's so familiar that we don't value it as much. Mm. But in times of stress like that, just thinking, God, you know, I'm, I'm so fortunate. Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck at home and I'm stuck with a partner who will have sex with me, thank God. You know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's something to be said for appreciating that partnership that is available to you. And imagine expressing that appreciation, right? Instead of coming home and shaking your head which sends a really clear signal to your husband sitting in that chair, drinking that beer, watching that TV, that sports, mm -hmm. right? To come in and say, hey, not for nothing, right? You're so much better at this than I am, of taking the space that you need after a long day's work. You know, I just really just want to let you know that I appreciate that. I know I complain a lot about it, but there's something really important about taking what you need. Mm -hmm. What do you think that would be like for the husband to hear? Yeah, I think it'd be wonderful. Let me turn right. off that TV. I want to hear more <laughs> what you have to say. <laughs> Tell me some more, baby. <laughs> Tell me some more about how you like me. We're having some fun with this, but it, it is really the difference between a positive cycle and a negative cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not always going to get this right. And sometimes you don't have the, the capacity. You're a little fried yourself and you just want to shake your head because your partner's behaviors aren't helping. And that, that's okay. I mean, we're going to miss a tune and, and fight and miss each other. But that difference is, can you get back to what works? What works is being more intentional, appreciating, not taking it for granted, this connection, this relationship that you've worked so hard for. Mm -hmm. That's true. I, I have Somebody I know right now is deliberately healing her sex life. And she's had a lot of just physiological struggles and stuff. And her partner kind of turned off. Um, mm. And she's making up in her head, you know, oh, he's just not attracted to me. And 
That's totally not true. She's very, very attractive. And I, I know from his perspective that he finds her attractive. But he de-eroticized the relationship really out of insecurity. He thought she wasn't sending enough messages that reassured him. Mm-hmm. And so now she has to kind of do all the hard work of seeing him as a partner who she can be vulnerable again to and seeing him as sexy, even though he doesn't give her some of what she needs to feel sexy. You know, he doesn't give her that reassurance and stuff God, like that. that and so, so she's fun. stretching. You know, she's she's sending love letters and she's she's listening like in a new way, what so hurt good. him instead of only hearing, ah, I don't think he thinks I'm attractive. She's beginning to see his world and see him as sexual. And it's, I mean, it's really beautiful, her vulnerability mm. in this and her work. I, love is really hard work. Right. Um, and, and sex is hard work. Go ahead. What's her choice? It's such a beautiful example because it'd be so easy for her to get resentful and to say, you know what, this isn't fair, you know, you're not doing your work. And that resentment just continues to send that vibe, that negative critical vibe. Mm. So, yeah, she's being deliberate and she's saying, I'm going to try to find something else that I can focus on. Right. And that really starts to change the energy. Right? It starts to help this guy take the space that's starting to open up instead of just always sensing I'm coming up short and you know I'm, I'm disappointing my partner. How we view our partner, and, and so often we want to highlight the criticism is trying to motivate them to change, but it actually does the opposite. It causes them to want it less. So the opposite of criticism is focusing on exactly what you're saying, being deliberate and focusing on something positive, something I can like about my partner. You'd be amazed at how that could start to turn your partner on. And also believing, I mean, that they have a sexual erotic part. I have had so many people come in and say, you don't know my partner. They are really not sexual. And then I meet the partner and there's all these certainly hurt parts, rejected parts, broken parts, but there is so much in them that actually has libido. They've been identified as the low desire partner, but they have libido. They have a part that is really quite sexual. It, it's almost like it needs to be freed by their partner seeing it again. Sounds like a future podcast. Okay. Thanks for listening to Foreplay Radio. Keep it hot, everyone. And P.S., please tune in to our Patreon page so that you can catch the next exclusive episode and our next Facebook Live. We appreciate you joining us to spread this really important message. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.